Good morning. Good morning. Stay standing for just a second. And, and if you're at home watching, um, stand up right where you're at. Just, just stand up. And I'm, I'm going to read God's word to you and, uh, from Acts chapter 2. So just stand and let's, let's listen to the reading of God's word. The, the church is assembled, whether you're in person or whether you're here with me today. And, and let's, let's stand for the reading of God's word. So those who received his word were baptized and there added that day were 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and the breaking of the bread and to prayers. And awe came on every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had things in common. And they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who has need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes and They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who are being saved. And and everybody can have a seat. Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. And whether you're here today or watching at home online, uh, I want to wish you a happy new year. And I'm excited. We're starting a a new series uh, called Being the Church. And I'm so glad that you're with us today for this. And uh, um, this is a great church. Uh, We're people seeking to be God's church. And and God's church is great wherever it truly exists. Because the church represents him. And he is great. We were just singing about how great he is. And, And for some... Um, the church means a place or, or a building, somewhere you go to. And, and for others, it's, it's simply an institution or, or an organization. And unfortunately, there are some who sadly consider it a business, something you make profit from. You know, I once had a lady in our church who saw the church as a game. She probably told me once, I know how to play the church game. I was glad she didn't stay long at Crosswinds Church because she knew how to play people. Often the church has a bad reputation in the world because of the games that people play. Games that people play with each other. Or they treat it like a business. Or they treat it like an institution of man. Or, or just a place to go to. It was never supposed to be those things, friends. It, it was supposed to be us. The, the church was supposed to be us. That's why at Crosswinds we talk about being the church, not going to church. And the passage I just read in Acts 2 was the start of Jesus' church. On earth. You know, in Jesus' three years of earthly ministry, he had a group of disciples. And the church actually didn't form until he ascended into heaven. And the Holy Spirit came down upon the apostles and they started to preach the gospel. You know, Jesus actually didn't say very much about the church when he was here on the earth. He only said that he would build the church. In Matthew 16, 18. And he said that it would not fail. 
He really didn't tell us the specifics of how he would build it. Uh, Jesus didn't tell us what it would look like. He, he didn't tell us things like having a public building or, or doing three songs and then giving a 35-minute sermon and taking an offering. Those are just the ways people do church. What's funny is people often fight about how we do church, whether we should do two songs or three songs or four songs or whether it should be uh, contemporary or whether the sermon should be 20 minutes or 50 minutes long. We fight about those kind of things. Or, or, or whether the offering should be this place in the service or that place in the service. Whether we should use a collection basket or whether we should use a cell phone. Whether the preaching should be topical or exhibitional or whether it should be entertaining or whether it should be serious. But, you know, Jesus didn't talk about any of that stuff. And that's the t- stuff we tend to talk about when we talk about growing the church. When you go to you know, the experts about how, how to grow a church. What, what, what Jesus talked about most was what the church was supposed to be built upon was a kingdom culture, kingdom values, the culture of his kingdom compared to the world's culture. That this church would be something different than the world. Jesus came to make all things new, to make us new. External temple buildings, institutions, and religious systems, that was the old way of doing things. And and, and Jesus comes to speak about the church differently. He, He comes to speak about the church as a family. As a family. We see that in Matthew chapter 18 and how we are to treat one another as a family. And how we deal with conflict. Uh, the scripture speaks of the church as a, a living organism. A body. The body of Christ. It, it, if our physical bodies have the right culture. They're healthy. And they grow healthy and naturally. If the church has the right kingdom culture. It should grow naturally. Being the church is living in a community together in a culture of kingdom values. See, we have a mission as as a church. And that mission is to help every family discover God, his love, and his ways. Now, something I'm learning is that true culture will always trump our vision. True culture will always trump our vision, meaning that who we are as we execute our vision is what really matters most. And so this series, I'm going to be talking about our, our culture. When I, when I took over, you know, leading this church, I, I, I sat down with him and, and some others and we, we developed some cultures. We're going to be talking about those cultures that we're trying to, to live out and, and who we are a, as a church. And we're going we're gonna to dive into those. But, but you know, what, those are what matter most is, is who we are as we, we, we do church. Uh, um, we must demonstrate God's ways, who, who God is to each other in our family. As, as we seek to reach the other families in our community with the gospel, it matters who we are. 
The, the culture of our church family needs to be healthy for us to grow so that we can help others. So we, we each need to be the church to grow the church. D- does that make sense? We need to be the church to, to grow the church. The church is a team sport. I've been saying that. Growth of the church is about the culture of the whole, not the individual parts. it's really about the culture of the whole, not the individual parts. Uh, Let me give you an example. We can pick um, potential problems out of little problems around the church. Sermon style, sermon length, musical style, musical lengths, how many songs or, you know, contemporary versus, you know, um, fast, slow. We can pick out those. We can pick out children's programs or youth programs. We can invest ourselves into fixing any one of those things. And I'm, I'm not saying that any of those things couldn't be improved. And, and part of kingdom culture is to improve things. And, I, and we need to look at that. But, but that would be, if we just thought that way, that would be thinking institutionally like consumers of the world. And, 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 and if we did that, we would make changes and we would grow an audience of consumers like an institution but instead we are to be the church and that is to grow a family and to grow a family culture in a people and to transform ourselves and others from the pattern of this world to the pattern of God's kingdom and friends that is work of God see 3,000 people were added to the church, not because all of a sudden Peter learned how to deliver a better 30-minute sermon. Do you understand that? 3,000 people were added to the church because of a culture of 100 disciples praying in an upper room until the day of Pentecost, and their hearts were prepared for the Holy Spirit to come down upon Peter, enabling him to deliver God's word directly to the hearts of 3,000 souls. Even Jesus had been preaching to many of those same people. And I would say that technically Jesus was a better preacher than Peter. Wouldn't you say that? (laughs) But it was not about technique. It was about a hundred people had adopted a, a kingdom culture that God could work his power through that infected 3,000 more who infected others with this virus of love of kingdom culture that just kept going. You know, Crosswinds, friends, has been bigger than it is right now. It's, it's been bigger before. Crosswinds has had a bigger budget than it does right now. Crosswinds has been able to do bigger programs. Yet there is some kingdom culture going on right here, right now, in ways like I have never seen before in our history. You know, during a pandemic year, with smaller numbers, we baptized seven people. And I have seen amazing generosity out of our people and dedication to missions around the world from our people. Friends, you are being the church. And I want to encourage you that you are being the church. And God is adding to his church. We had three surprise baptisms here at our candle and carol service. Some new decisions to follow Jesus the following Sunday and and Monday. And and those people were people that we had been praying for. I took the board down because I was looking for their names and it's in the other room. But we were praying for them. They were in the little um, board that we've been praying for on Sunday night meetings. 
Do you realize we had more baptisms last year than any other church in our association of 35 churches? More baptisms. Now, friends, I don't take pride in that because that would be institutional thinking. Cultural kingdom thinking would be this. Our father wants none to perish. And and that's why he sent his son to die. And we only had maybe two or three people a week devoted to coming here to pray for those people on those cards. And we only did that for six or seven weeks this week. And we had three or, or four you know, people that are three people being baptized and a few more decisions because of that happening. And 120 people showed up in an upper room for a, a period of 40 days and God sent the Holy Spirit and he added 3,000 more. Do you see the math? Do, do you see the math? Are, are you ready for that? Are, are you ready for that? See, there were two to 300,000 people living in Jerusalem and God brought... 3,000. There's about 100,000 people living within five miles of where we're at. 96% of them are far from God right now. I don't think it's that complicated, folks. God wants to reach them. Acts 1.14 says, All these were of one accord. They were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, his brothers. They were together praying for the same thing. And God brought the increase. The disciples of Jesus became the church. They were a kingdom culture. Their hearts got in alignment with kingdom values as a church. And God moved in a big way in their community. It wasn't the pastor. It wasn't the deacons. It wasn't the worship leader. It was the church being the church. Let's look closely again at today's text and and so those who received the word were baptized and there were added that day three thousand souls the the miracle here was not that the word of god was preached but that the word of god was received beloved that needs to be our prayer in 2022 the people would receive the word of god There's plenty of good preaching out there. Our problem is not good gospel preaching. This year, we have been blessed with two fine, new, good gospel preachers in Abdu and Jason. Uh, uh, Abdu did a great job last week. Jason did it. We'll hear more of them in this next year. Uh, The parable of the sower tells us that the seed must be scattered. We're going to scatter the seed. Now everybody in this church, Grace preached the gospel the other day at the youth, and and somebody came forward. Our church... Um, most people here now can give a three circles gospel conversation. Most of our youth can do it. Some of our, our children can do it. We can scatter the seed. Pray for God to give us opportunities this year to faithfully satter, scatter his good seed in 2022. Pray also diligently, though, for his message to be received, that there be fertile hearts for it to go into. Now, the translation here doesn't fully give us the beauty of what God did here. In the Greek, it said they received the word with joy. That's what it actually says. They received the word with joy. God's word was good news to them. 
See, they were liberated from sin. They were liberated from shame and judgment. They heard the truth of the message. We need the right culture in our hearts. It's so important to the preaching of the word because if the culture is not right, if our attitude is not right, or if their attitude is off, people hear judgment instead of grace and they start feeling condemned. Our prayer has to be there. Prayer cultures our hearts to be a kingdom culture of grace. Our Father says there is a harvest out there and we need to be ready as a church to receive it. In 2022, are you going to commit as the church to be the church and put an alarm on your phone to remind you to pray Luke 10 2 every day at 10.02 a.m.? Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Are you going to culture your heart with the rest of the church? Are you going to be the church? This will culture all of our hearts together to be ready to receive joyfully what God is going to do. He can do abundantly more than we can think and he can imagine. One day, 3,000 baptized. We would need all of us to do that. Allie, you'd be baptizing people. Steve, you'd be baptizing people. We'd have, we'd have to like pour more water on that creek outside. It would be amazing what God could do. Verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and, and to the breaking of bread and prayers. The question is, what are you devoted to in 2022? Our mission is based on the great commandment of Jesus, which is from Mark twelve thirty one, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, it's one thing to say that in a mission statement, but your culture is actually how you're practically living that out. What, what, is, what is your heart devoted to? The apostles were teaching the word of God. You want to hear the words of someone you love, don't you? You can't wait to read the text from your lover. Your heart skips a faster beat when your lover's cards come in the mail. When those three dots appear on your screen, when you're waiting for that text, your heart is full of anticipation. Jesus had freed these people from their sin. Jesus had given them eternal life. They were eager to know what Jesus had to say. You know, the apostles were people who had spent the most time with them. They sat at his feet, at their feet, learning or the apostles had sat at Jesus' feet, learning from him both before and after the resurrection. To be the church is to be devoted from to hearing God's word preached. To learn God's word from those who have studied it more than we have. To be the church is to remain always teachable. Because there's always more to learn about God. You know, I'm always amazed that some who know so little about God are such experts about God. And those who know who really know 
much about God, hunger so much more for him. Isn't that amazing? That no, those who know such little about God are such experts, and those who know, really know a lot about him hunger more for him. That's what Jesus said. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's the culture of a big and happy Jesus family is they hunger for more teaching. They are devoted to teaching. They're devoted to it. They are more devoted to it than they are devoted to Da Bears or Da Netflix or Da Hulu or Da Pornography or Da View or Da News. What is your heart devoted to? I'm an apostle of this church with a very tiny A, a little a. An apostle is a founder or an entrepreneur, someone who gets out the message. These apostles were the founders of the faith with a big A. They established the church. The message they preached the, 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 to the people, the ones the people were devoted to was pretty simple about Jesus, why God sent him because of our sin, why he died to remove it, how he was buried and how he was raised to life on the third day to prove his promise of giving us forgiveness and everlasting life. And they proved that message that it was God's God's good plan. And they they proved that repeatedly in various ways using different scriptures from the Old Testament because the New Testament had not been written yet. And they always, every time, talked about the resurrection as proof. Just read the sermons from the book of Acts. And you know what? The people were not bored. They were devoted to the gospel. They were devoted to bringing their friends so the friends could be proved to hear the gospel. They wanted the rest of Jerusalem, their town, to hear the gospel. The gospel was the apostles' teaching. Every pastor should, be, should seek to be unoriginal in the sense that we don't have our own doctrine, but we have the apostles' doctrine. Now, if I'm teaching the apostles' doctrine, are you coming ready to obey what I am teaching? Are you devoted to hearing it? Are you devoted to bringing others to hear it? Are you devoted to sharing what you heard with others on social media? Are you devoted enough to learn gospel principles to share them with others yourself? Are you devoted to living out the gospel by faith? Are you devoted to believing that you yourself are a new creation? Are you devoted to living without fear? Are you devoted to living free from the power of your own sin by faith? See, being the church is more than knowing God's word. It's living by God's word. To live by the word is to know the word. In 2022, what are you going to do to know the word better? 
What are you going to do? On the back table are some daily reading guides. If you're not already devoted to a plan this year, pick one up and start today. The New Testament is the apostles' teaching. It's their writings. Start becoming devoted to reading it every day. They were also devoted to something else. They were devoted to the fellowship. So they were devoted to one another. This is the second half of the great commandment. You can't love a God who you can't say, says Scripture, if you don't love your brother or sister who you do see. Being the church is to learn to love one another. A a kingdom culture is being a community of people who Love one another. The world's culture is based on selfish motives that need to die with our sin. Jesus did not focus on teaching us a bunch of new religious practices about us. His teaching was not a lot of knowledge. He taught us a gospel that was about dying to self for the benefit of others. These new believers became a community that sought to be a benefit to everybody else in the community. They did not just come to an organization to get their needs met. They were there to meet the needs of each other as well. See, that is a true kingdom culture. Sometimes people spiritualize the breaking of bread to mean the Lord's Supper. But That's not what this language, that's not the context of this language. The context of this language is a Jewish meal. They were eating together, house to house. They were sharing meals together, and they were praying. And these prayers are not formalized religious ritualistic prayers. They were praying for the needs of each other. So they were eating together and praying for one another. These were personal prayers, needs-based prayers. See, these were Jews who had just converted to Christianity, and now they were outcasts in their society. They were often being rejected in their families. They were being rejected on the streets. They were maybe being rejected in their workplaces because they were different. And in these meals together, they've now found love. They now found acceptance. They now found encouragement from one another. Beloved, that is ministry. And that is what we are to do for one another. This is what we are to be as the church. Do you ever feel like an outcast because of your faith? Do you ever feel like an alien in this world because of what you believe? And if you do, are you praying with other believers regularly? Are are, are you breaking bread or eating with other believers regularly? And are you providing that for other believers regularly in your home or in your life. Doing that is kingdom culture. So if you're not, what are you going to do differently in 2022? Here's an idea. Give Friday nights to Jesus. Have another couple over in the church each week and have dessert. You don't have to plan a whole meal. Just spend time together. Don't don't worry about cleaning the house. Dust keeps. It'll stay there. 
Hospitality is not about a clean home. It's about the heart. Just spend time together. And if you want to do something really cool, invite your neighbor over who is really far from God. And they might find out that not all Christians are weird after all. And, and they can have fun with you in a safe environment. Now, if you invite that same friend from your neighborhood over every week, and then you invite a different Christian friend over every week, after a few weeks, they'll have met everybody in your church. They've met your whole church, right? Because if we're the church and this building's not the church, they've already come to church, right? They might, they're comfortable with everybody, <laughs> you know? Um, and you can even invite me. I'll be there if there's dessert. Just don't tell them I'm the pastor and put a beer in my hand. They'll be comfortable with me. Um, I'm not scary, right? But if you tell them I'm a pastor, they'll be scared, right? Um, I'm kidding about the beer, kind of. No, but (laughs) I'm just saying, just let let them get to know us. If you don't want to do the Friday nights for Jesus, invite somebody for lunch after Sunday service every week to church, another brother or sister. Have lunch with them. Go out to breakfast before church. Go for coffee after work, before work, after or before life nights or life groups. Have, have, you know, do this throughout the week. Get together with another, have break bread in some way. Now, now, what was the result of this kingdom culture? Just this little change. This would be a little change in 20, 2022 if you're not doing it already. What was the result? Awe came upon every soul. Oh, it was really cute. Everybody said, awe. No, that, that wasn't it. Awe came upon every soul. Everybody was amazed at what God did through it. Many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Lots of God's stories started to happen because they did this. God was doing all kinds of things in their lives. What was the change? Well, sometimes we don't know what God is doing because we're not talking to one another. And we don't know that God's doing something cool in Jeremy's life because I'm not talking to him. So the communication's part of it. But also God seems to show up when we're together. You know that whole thing he says about when two or more are gathered that he is right there with us? So something special happens when when his people get together. And and so the reality is when the church started to get together, what the text is saying is their leaders got to be more effective. God was able to do more wonders through the apostles. They're already apostles, but now they could do more. Why? I don't know. Maybe it was simply communication. Maybe the apostles knew who to pray for sooner. I always hate when I find out about somebody needed prayer and it was already after the fact. They knew sooner. And, 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 and maybe everybody else knew sooner too. Everybody was so connected that they started praying sooner. And, and maybe because the people's hearts and God's heart were all in tune, there was a kingdom culture and it created a big boom. Something happened. I don't know. I do know. That God gives wonders and signs to spread his gospel to new people. 
And so them being together created a synergy that created gospel conversations in their workplaces, in their neighborhoods, and in their schools, naturally, as they did life together as believers. And it's because the culture was right, something happened. Verse 44 says, all who believed were together, and they had all things in common. See, the believers had tremendous unity. And this unity came from having alignment in their beliefs. But I think it was more than that. I think they had common belief about their individual struggles. See, none of us are unique in the fact that we're all broken and that we battle with our sin, every one of us. And, and, and you know, we are all dependent on the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if we have that kind of humility and honesty and fear of God, and if that's part of our culture, that gives us a unity that it's attractive to the world. And they, they have that kind of unity together. And in verse 45, it says, they were selling their possessions and their belongings and they're distributing their proceeds to all as they had need. Again, they were ministering to each other with their resources. Beloved, this is not some kind of early communism. This was not socialism. These are not forced social programs that don't work very well because they're government institutions of man that that eventually become oppressive. This is also not a church program motivated by fundraising goals or guilt. This was a kingdom culture of generosity. They simply saw the needs of people around them and they started responding out of love and generosity of their heart. You know, because of the persecution that they were under, some people could not work. And so some who had extra started selling some of their property so they could support the ones that had need. They were not selling their homes. They were selling some of their extra, some of their extra property and some of their extra belongings to help those that had need. Kingdom culture is, is giving regularly, giving proportionally to what you have, and giving sacrificially. And that's just a value that Jesus has taught us. It is the value his Father has taught us. His Father gave the best of what he had to us when we were needy in our sin. And these believers had just received the Father's grace. And so they felt compelled to share that grace with each other. Friends, this building, your staff, the lights, the heat, all the tech, um, the support that we paid to a homeless person this week, the aid that we provide to missionaries and orphans around the world, the, the people that take care of abused children that we support, uh, that, that none of that was provided by a government agency. It was not um, provided by a wealthy denomination or a fundraising effort through major corporations. That was provided. Everything that we have to work with comes from us being the church. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being the church. Thank you for those of you who distributed part of what you had out of love to help those of us who were in need. Thank you. That is being the church. And day by day, 
attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and, and, and generous hearts. Notice it says, day by day. You know, on Facebook and on Google, I have to list our church hours. So I, I need to ask you guys, when are you up? 5.30, okay. Because we be the church, right? And, and, and so when are we open? 5.30, mic's up. Um, you know, some people consider the church is only open one day a week, right? Sunday for about an hour. In my mind, that's when we're closed. Because, like, this is family time. This is our family time, right? This is time to celebrate with our, 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 our boy Jesus. This is our time, right? This is family time. I work harder every other day of the week than I am right now. This is my time to enjoy my time with my, my family, right? Come on. If we were a business, how effective could we be if we were open one day a week for about an hour? How effective would we be? But how many people think of the church like that? How many in the church think of the gospel just like that? That this is the time that we do our business. What if hospitals only delivered babies one hour a week on Sunday? There'd be a lot of uncomfortable women out there with their legs crossed. It, it would not be good. You can't think institutionally about spiritual birth. If we would be the church, we would have 70 outlets open 14 to 18 hours a day which fits with Jesus' command to us before he left when he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's being the church. Did you notice the word be in that sentence? Be. Notice also for us to be the church, we need to be together. Their kingdom culture was to meet together. They were in the temple in large groups. They broke bread together in their homes. And they enjoyed being together. The main idea of being the church is they did life together. Now, I admit this COVID thing has done a number on us all. It's been hard, friends. Even as I plan this series... We're battling obstacles. As I preached about, as I'm preaching about being together, this Omicron COVID thing's numbers are, are absolutely through the roof. You know, many of our Crosswind members today are sick. We have a major snowstorm th- that was threatening as I'm writing this last night, and I'm thinking nobody's going to be here. I'm surprised actually how many people are here today. Um, so numbers are low right now. But that doesn't mean that we can't have a kingdom culture with those that are right here and those that are online. We grew through a pandemic. And in some ways, we have a stronger culture today than we did before the pandemic. Yes, some of the crowd has left. But there's always some in the crowd without the culture. Realize that? Jesus talked about that there's wheat and there's tares. There's sheep and there's goats. You can have a big crowd.
Is it, a ki- is it a culture of the kingdom or a culture of the world? In the culture, this culture was only in Jerusalem for a little while. This kingdom culture was only in Jerusalem for a little while. And then God had to export it into the world. You know, Paul often did prison ministry as a prisoner himself. He was sheltered at home under house arrest for much of his ministry. Yet the culture of the church survived in his letters. It it thrived in technology like letters that were read to churches around the known world. Later, it survived through another technology that was invented by a guy named Gutenberg, something called a, a printing press that made Bibles readily available. And now it's thriving in some new ways through something claimed to be invented by a guy by the name of Al Gore. I don't know if that's true, but um, uh, called the Internet, right? And, 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 and we're connected in a new way. And so I, I'm not sure about how the Internet came to be, but I do know that the culture is alive And there may be people in Africa, and I know there's people in England that are engaged in the culture. You don't have to be in the building to be part of the culture. Our digital ambassador, Catherine, is greeting people online every week on Facebook. My wife and her pray together and encourage one another for an hour each week in a Zoom meeting. And she sometimes attends our online life group. Catherine has never been in our building, yet she is a living stone in God's church. Being the church is being engaged, right? Being engaged. Over the years, there have been many who have been in the building that have not been as engaged as Catherine. And I can't say that they had the culture of the church. If we're going to say we are the church, something the gates of hell will not prevail against, then engagement with the body of Christ is what's most important, isn't it? These disciples had glad and generous hearts. Is your heart glad and generous about doing life with other believers? If not, it's time for you to be the church and engage in 2022 with others. It's time. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, it's not about in-person or digital. It's about the generosity of the heart towards others, isn't it? Notice it says, encouraging one another. Many people only come to church to be encouraged. They only watch a message online to be encouraged. And they never give back anything of their time, their talent, or their treasure of themselves. And friends, that is a worldly consumer culture mentality. Being the church is to come to the body, to offer whatever you have to encourage someone else. There are ways to be in the digital church and serve it. 
we can help you. You may say, I have so little to give. Remember Jesus who commended the poor widow over all the rich people because she said, he said that she gave all that she had in love. Whatever you have to offer, you give. That is kingdom culture. That is being the church. Verse 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When we engage and we offer God what we have, it's, it, it gives him praise. Anything any of us have to give to him is little compared to what Jesus has given us. And, and when we do this, God gives us favor or, or grace with all people. And, and look what happened. God is the one that adds to their numbers day by day. Day by day. The church is open all the time. Day by day, those who are being saved. The people in the community, their neighbors, their friends, their, their relatives, their co-workers, their schoolmates are captured by this culture of love. By the community of believers. Not by great messages, not, not by great music, but by the, the culture of the church. That is what it is to be the church. Now, today, you may say, I just need Jesus. I, I just need the message. I just need the music. I, I don't need the church. I don't need to engage. And I want you to think for a moment about that statement. Jesus says, The church is the body of Christ. How insulting that you would reject his body. Especially considering he surrendered his own sinless body on a cross to pay the debt for your sin and my sin upon it. Jesus also says the church is his bride. Are you saying that you hate the very one he loved and gave his life for? The church is often a mess. We're sinners. But he loved it and died for it. If you say you love him, you must love and sacrifice for his church because he loved the church enough to die for it. Three days later, he rose again, and he is alive today. And those that are his bride, his church, need to repent of their selfishness and be his church and love one another. Come today. Follow Jesus. Learn to love. Learn his kingdom culture. By engaging with his people. It's not easy. We're a mess. Love is hard. But in it, you will learn to be who you were meant to be. His church. The ones he eternally loves. He's got a mission for you. 
Because when you learn how to love, he can do incredible things through you. And he meant to do it through all of us together. Let us pray. Father, I thank you and I praise you for your goodness, for your love, and your mercy. That you chose us clay vessels made of the dust to use in such incredible ways for your glory. Lord, use us in amazing ways in this next year. Lord, help us to love one another more. Help us to be together more. Lord, draw us tighter. Infect our hearts with more love and generosity towards each other. Father, if there's anybody out there feeling alone, feeling disconnected, Father, let them reach out. Father, let us reach out. Let them come to our minds. Let us make a call. Let us connect with one another in 2022. Father, if there's somebody in our neighborhoods, there are so many lonely, so many hurting, so many broken, so many disconnected in our world. And they need you. Father, work through your church. It's not going to happen through a government. It's not going to happen through an institution. It's not going to happen through a building. It's going to happen through people. Your kingdom culture builds people. Help us to build people. Help us to build up people for your good and for your glory. We can do it through you. We're a mess, but, but you are glorious. Take these broken vessels. Fill us with your glory and do great things through us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Jeremy's going to sing the song about our captain, Jesus. And if you need prayer today, I'm going to be here to pray. If you, if, if, if you want to pray about how new commitments you'd like to make in 2022 with your life, I'm here to pray with you. If you just need somebody to pray with, just because you need a brother to pray with, I'm here to pray with you. If you need to give your life to Jesus today, you've never committed fully to him, I'm here to pray with you. Just, just come and pray with me. Or just grab another brother or sister today and pray with them. Be the church to each other.